What's up, everybody? This is Evan. Welcome to another episode of the Which Way Now podcast. Today's awesome because I had on a new friend of mine. His name's Miles Hansen, and we are kindred spirits that live on opposite coasts of this country. I'm in Florida, he's in Cali, and we're both marketers, and he's got a lot to say on things such as bro marketing and the things that are manipulations and how we can rise above that and lean into our intentions and be authentic about what we do to better promote what we're trying to put out there in the world. We talk about the messy middle, and that's what he calls that space between when you decide you want to do something and actually figuring out how to get it done. The messy middle is something that we all find ourselves in, and he's got some thoughts and some tips behind that. Talking about the positioning yourself as an expert versus positioning yourself as an explorer. Man, that was really cool. And we also jump into talking some music, and we're both musicians, so that's fun, and it's kind of interesting. Miles has got some fun facts about him that you'll have to wait around to the end of the episode. He's got a weird relationship with cheese. Sounds weird. Here, let's get into the intro and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast. Attempting to simplify the complexities of entrepreneurship and what makes for a good life. This podcast is riddled with questions, ideas, philosophical food for thought, tangible takeaways, and honest stories that highlight one man's journey. My name's Evan Shank. Welcome to the podcast, Which Way Now? I like the podcast that you guys have set up. It's Thank so you, cool. Man. It's so cool. It's so and it's a breath of fresh air too, because, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of podcasts, at least the ones that I listen to, because it's all in this like either personal growth or business help type of space that it's, it's a bit of high energy, the stuff that I seem to listen to. And like, even in your intro, it's like, and just taking a moment and going, ah, <laughs> and I was like, this is perfect. This is perfect. Thanks, so, man. yeah. So like what got you into even considering the idea of podcast? Because you've already got a lot on your plate mm-hmm. or multiple plates that you're spinning, right? right? And you're trying to kind of find your way through it all and we just had a podcast where we were on your side and we were talking about some of the same exact stuff. So why would it be worth to like jump into something else or what was it for you and Bill, your co-host, um, that made this the thing um, worth pursuing? It's a lot, right? So yeah, why would, why, how can I justify adding that to my plate? And I think the short journey was basically, I started a podcast solo like I don't know, five, six years ago now. And Uh, it was on the way back from the gym in my phone, 10 minutes, like super. If I went back and listened to it, I I would cringe, (laughs) but that didn't last too long. Didn't really go anywhere for me, but it was a nice way for me to like put some energy into thinking about topics. And after that, I was like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to do that. But I consumed all the podcasts. I, I'm a podcast junkie. That's my main thing. Like people that know me joke because it's crazy how often I have pods in my ears. And it's like, I'm working on that. It's a little too much to be honest. So I got to <laughs> like take fasts from it, like audio fasts. Yeah, for but sure. I love reading and stuff, but I, I can listen so much faster. I'm just an uh, audio 
auditory learner, I guess. So I just always loved that medium. I love voice. I love um, conversation, back and forth flow, like ping pong. It's just fucking awesome. And yeah. hope I can cuss. And it's yeah, like, sure. it's the, it's really what humans do is we like tell stories and share experiences and we try to get vulnerable. And I noticed that about you, like with your last episode, I was like, yes, because that's the kind of shit that we need more of is the rawness, the, uh, behind the scenes, the messy middle that people like to skip over because it's, you know, they think that they have to put up this facade that they are this, uh, this God of marketing that knows everything. (laughs) And I've totally been there and I love, the other side of it. So the podcast that we have now, which is called the subtle art of not yelling, which was, I love by the way, it's, it's such a you. cool title. <laughs> it's funny. It's like way too long, but it it just works for us and it's fun. But I did this thing called tiny training Tuesdays, which is now transformed into what's now seeds. We could talk about that later. Yeah. And that was, um, it started as like a video thing and then it just turned into audio because it was way easier and I would go on a walk every, every Tuesday and record an audio on a specific topic, 10, 15 minutes and send that to my little email list. And I did it for long enough to where I was like, okay, this is cool. I like this. And I started getting replies and feedback and people liked it. And, and then finally I was like, would you guys be interested in like a legitimate podcast version of this? Is that so? cause the last thing I wanted to do was just start a podcast and speak into the void about something that no one wants to hear or something that people are already doing, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to add noise. And so I got an overwhelming um, feedback about, let's do it. You should do it. And one of the people that was on my list that I had also known through other ways was Bill. And he said, Hey man, I've wanted to start a podcast for a while, but I just want to do it with the right person. So if you're interested, let me know. And we called and it was like, it was just a no brainer that we clicked. We, we, you know, had the same um, experiences around marketing and like being in different programs that we could like talk shit about and stuff mm-hmm. and how we didn't yeah. like that way of marketing. Right. And yeah, man, that's pretty much it. We started it because of that. And we, we were like, Hey, if we're going to do this, it's not going to be another like tips and trick pot podcast. Um, it's going to be fun for us because we right. want it to be sustainable. Yeah. Well, and that's awesome. I think it's it's cool too. I mean, like you were saying, you didn't want to like add to the noise. And I think that goes into something bigger there too, where it's kind of a little bit of reaching out to your audience, which you have built over time, which is great. Um, and actually seeing what they want from you. You know, like, how can I be better for you because it's better for all of us this way? And that's something that you see with a lot of like um, people that have an idea or these young companies that put all of this time and energy and investment into something thinking that it's going to change the world for people or that people are going to, you know, be ripping it off the shelves, so to speak. Um, And then they get out there and it's crickets. It's crickets. (laughs) And it's like, well, who are you actually chasing after? And this is kind of, it kind of bleeds into a little bit of um, some marketing 101, which uh, maybe you could kind of start to highlight a little bit of like what you do and where you're at in that space. And even getting into one of, one of the first things I will kind of sidestep and say, 
one of the first things that I saw on your site, I think, or maybe it was your LinkedIn bio, is you used this term bro marketing. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. Because it made me think of the fitness industry and like the bro lifting splits and the bro this or the bro that. And it's just kind of like the cool way and it's never really challenged in, but somehow it doesn't feel, it feels like a square peg in a round hole in a sense. Mm -hmm. So like, let's just talk a little bit of, of your story in marketing and where that bro marketing thing came from and how you wanted to be different. And let's, let's kind of go that direction. We'll see, yeah. see what happens. Yeah, man. Bro marketing is so funny. Uh, I found that term maybe like two years ago now or something, maybe a little less. And at first I was like, that's, I, I was defensive. I was like, well, am I a bro marketer? Like, I don't like, why does it gotta be bro? You know, why can't it be something else? And, and, you know, I don't agree with all of it. And then I like really looked into it and I was like, wait, I, I don't need to be defensive because this is like, this is everyone when they first get into marketing, you almost can't not learn bro marketing. So, right. What does that mean? What is yeah, bro marketing? Yeah. So it's basically manipulative. It's, um, unethical. It's trickery. It's like very, um, it's like psychological tricks. So, you know, persuasion, copywriting, that's going to make them want to pull out their wallets and buy and spend thousands of dollars. And it's like, just, it's so, it feels like very, uh, um, attack, like you're like hunting mentality, like you're going and right. Does it kind of make sense? Yeah, I mean, I could, that's a great way to put it actually. Absolutely. Come up with plenty of examples. Um, like the best simplest example is if you're on a landing page for a product that doesn't have any sort of limit on how many things it can sell, right? Like if it's a product and it says there's only two spots left, but really there's 20 spots left or right. unlimited, then that's just unethical. You're just blatantly lying to try to um, move someone into the sale because of scarcity or FOMO right. or whatever, some sort of pressure. Yeah. That's made up. So then how do you reckon with, um, you know, because yeah, there's kind of these two different schools of thought and one is much more prominent and it's this bro side of things. It's the uglier, more manipulative side of things. <clears throat> how do you reckon with the fact that some of those tactics are so Work. stinking proven yeah. and balancing, you know, integrity right. and authenticity, like as a human trying to like, be good for the world in my own little way. Like, you know, like for young marketers or people thinking about getting into that and maybe even in sales as well, because they're totally different things, but a lot of these things apply on both sides of that table. Yeah. How do you balance those two? And what are some solutions or things that you've figured out mentality-wise, maybe even in for you that's worked to kind of get the best of everything because you know something works, but mm -hmm. you're trying to do it a better way. What is that? If if I could just put it in one word, then I'll explain a little bit. It's just yeah. intention. It's just intention. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's really simple. It's really intention. simple. Like we talked about on when we talked, it's like, what are you doing? What are you actually doing here? What's your intention? And so if you're coming into it, which I did when I was younger, because when we were young, we were hungry. Like I wanted to get, I was around I was in this one mastermind in Austin, Texas, where I'm from, and it was the internet. Oh, I, will, I guess I won't say it, but it was a good, it was good. It was fine. But it was like a lot of 
internet marketers that were making millions or at least came off that way. And they were like, you know, if someone, if you met someone and they were a copywriter, it was like, oh shit. They're like one of those badass copywriters that gets paid like, you know, $20,000 for a page or something. And you're like, damn, what a superstar. I want to be like that. So I, I was around that and I was around people doing incredibly well financially. Um, and so I wanted to be that. And to answer your question about like how, cause that stuff works. Mm-hmm. The, like it, it does help to understand psychology and understand how people work, how they buy, why they get tripped up and don't invest in themselves because the money's too much or whatever it is. It is good to know that stuff, but your intentions have to be right. And you have to remember that there's a human on the other side and you can put yourself in that position. And so like, just to bring it down to a tangible example is the same example I just gave where there's a, a countdown timer or limited spots available. There can't actually be limited spots available. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that strategy. There's nothing wrong with being honest and saying there's only 10 spots and eight of them are taken. Right. That's just a, like, that's good to know, you know, exactly. but if you're lying, then it's your intention is to make money. If your intention is only to make money, like, of course we all do things for money. We have to make money. I never, I never like, I'm never better than money in a way, right? Like I, I want money. I want lots of money and I want to help people make money. Money is bouncing around. It's just energy. It's, it's like a fun game. Yeah, man. But if that's your only intention is to use someone else to make money and trick them into buying, then you're missing the whole point. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And summing it up, which is what we always need with everything, complex topics is just intentions. And it seems like on this bro side of things, the side that works, it's a it, it's manipulation. Mm-hmm. And I think something that I'd like to hear your two cents on it too, is we are now in a time, and we talked about on your podcast, hyperconnectivity and the good, bad, and ugly of it, that we can kind of sniff out the BS. Our, mm-hmm. our, our radar for that is really good. Yep. And, the, and it, especially the people that are younger than us that are coming up that have always had a cell phone in their hand in some capacity or uh, opportunity to stay connected in this way, it's baked into them. And so it's changing the dynamic of how business is done. So yeah. like- what do you think about that? Like, does that, I mean, it's kind of, it's exciting in a way because I think we're all kind of coming over to this other side of being more authentic and really trying to help people rather than manipulate people. But then it also makes it really challenging because you're like, all right, how am I going to actually convert? How am I going to make more sales? It's like, it's just wild, right? Right. Yeah, it is. And I've, been on a crazy journey to figuring that out. And I'm still figuring it out in a lot of ways. And I, um, I've, I've really learned that, oh yeah, first of all, you're right. Our understanding of relationships through the internet, because it's weird, right? Like in person, we know that, but now meeting someone through the internet, uh, maybe even not directly talking to them, but like almost talking to their business, like communicating with their brand in a way, interacting and engaging with their brand. That's still a relationship in a way. And we have to build trust. And our 
gauge of, is this person authentically being authentic and can I trust them is, is way better today because there's so much more of it. We're all online. We're starting to like feel out relationship building online. Right. So how do we, I mean, again, going back, it's really simple. You just be authentic, like try to show more of the rawness like you're doing and stuff like that. I think that's one really big thing. Like Bill said, my co-host, he was like, honestly, if a marketer tells me that they don't know anything, I'm going <laughs> to hire, I want to talk to them. I want to hire them because the mark, the other marketers are like, I know everything, right. which is and, just bullshit. And when somebody says that they know something, it also, you're kind of also posturing in a way that's saying, I have mm-hmm. no intention of trying to grow past this. I have conquered this mountain. I've already arrived. So here I am world, hire me, you know, and there's only two spots left, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And it's like, okay, well then we all know, especially consumers, the younger consumers that are getting older and older and becoming the adults of the world, changing the dynamic of the world is like, these mountains, you might have conquered a mountain, sure. Maybe you did get to the tippy top and there's nothing more. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to take long before all of a sudden there's another peak that pops up right. next to it that's very important. And for you to stand on your little mountaintop that once was big, that's not going to serve you or anybody. Right. And it can be more deteriorating on people and people's perception, the taste that's in their mouth about certain things. Like when I was getting into marketing, I kind of got like weird looks from people because it was everybody's experience right. with it, you know? Um, and I, I just, I just find that really interesting. Like things just are changing so fast and you're right. It's obviously it comes from your intention, but then you're, you're sharing that. And if you know a lot about something, I mean, let people know that, you know, mm-hmm. but that still you have a a heart and a pursuit of further knowledge and understanding and growth, not only yep. for yourself, but for the sake of your clients and your future customers as well, because you exist for them in some capacity. 100%. Yeah, it's crazy. The, the way that I've seen that come through is the people that I respect and look up to, the mentors in my life, they are more, and I forget who said this first, they, they kind of like, planted this seed in my brain. I'll, I'll send it to you afterwards. Cause it's a really good podcast. Yeah. J J something. But, um, he said, you know, they're, they're more, they're explorers. So instead of being an expert, which we're, we're all experts in things like that exists. We have skill sets, we have experience around certain things that make us an expert. And of course you want to find that, but above that, I want an explorer, someone who is curious and almost childlike almost like obsessed with this, whatever it is, this topic, this idea, so call it marketing or whatever, where they're going to like research it. They're going to look at it. They're going to find examples in the real life. And they're going to share that with me, the, you know, the person who's following them or or whatever. Those are the kind of people that I love following Seth Godin, um, plenty of other people that I can't think of right now, but they are explorers. They're just, yeah, they're just going around and looking up all the ideas. Um, also, Elon Musk is a really good example because it's a great Elon example. is, no one can argue his obsession with his products. Like he's obsessed with it. 
He's an engineer. He's not a marketer, but he is right. Like he, he's an engineer. They've Tesla has spent, uh, they've, they haven't spent a dollar on advertising. Really? They they barely even have a marketing team yet. They are, that's wild in certain capacities. They are the number one car company in the world, uh, market cap wise and everything else. They've just blown past everyone who's spending how many multi-millions on Super Bowl ads and commercials and whatnot. And it's because number one, it starts with the product. He's obsessed with the product. So he ultimately has a really great product. You know, it kind of sells itself in a lot of ways. And then also on top of that, he's Elon Musk. He's this polarizing figure. That's the one thing you also can't argue whether you like him or not is that he's honest. Like he is authentic when he gets on podcasts, he smokes weed cause he doesn't give a shit. Like <laughs> I was there's something, <laughs> there's something really attractive about this. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to be me that pulls people in and, and makes you build that relationship with them. And then ultimately that's been his marketing is him getting on podcasts and doing conferences and stuff like that. He doesn't spend money on like traditional advertising. It's really, really interesting. It's so cool. I'm going to repeat that for my sake and everybody else. Expert versus explorer. Yeah. Not necessarily that it's a versus, but like these two different words and how you can swap that out. And it's also, you know, of course it makes it more fun because they share some letters and so it kind of sounds the same, but it like means something much bigger, right? (laughs) It helps it stick. Whatever whatever makes it sticky, if it's it's worth holding on to, then that's good. Mental Velcro. (laughs) I like that too, man. You've got got these like one-liners, these little things that I just, I, uh, you are very, uh, adhesive oh, with thanks. the things that you say. I, I stick, it sticks to me and I stick back to it. So That's awesome. I, I appreciate your existence in this space. You as an individual, as we continue to get to know each other yeah. and also what you're representing in this field of marketing. That's why I was like, cause one of my pursuits and the people that listen to this podcast know that I'm really trying to push myself out of my comfort zone in any way that I can. Um, that also has some sort of productive productive goal to it. It helps something else that I'm trying to do, right? right? And so like for me, when I started this podcast towards the end of last year, um, I think it was October or something, I was like, well, I'm just gonna talk in the mic by myself because it's, that's still a big leap, you know, going yeah. from not being a podcaster to being one. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, this can't just be about me. But then also what has been proven to work is the dialogue, is the conversations. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, you know, I could I don't know that I can host and hold a conversation and keep us on time and all this, you know, so I get in my own head about it. But, you know, I had a good friend of mine that I had on the episode or a couple episodes ago, Joel. And so that was kind of like a low risk entry point for me. And I was like, I need to go find some people that I don't know that I will know. 100%. And you were one of the very, very first people. I think you were the second person that popped up. And I actually forgot the first person's name because I I got stuck in. I started combing through your website and the offers you had. And like I was just like, this dude's got swag 10 different ways. I'm going <laughs> to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him. So, Thank you, uh, man. That's yeah. awesome to hear. We, yeah. you know, I always say like, um, you could because as marketers, you know, we're sending out emails or doing posts on Instagram or whatever it is for you. And like so many times it doesn't perform how I want it to. And like I get unsubscribes or unfollows or I get very little likes because the fucking algorithm is doing whatever Mm -hmm. it's doing. And I'm like, 
oh man, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, like missing the mark, you know? And then I just lose, I lose all this energy because I am a sensitive person. Like energetically, I'm very sensitive to my environment and externals. And when you say something like that, or a friend says, oh, it's so cool how you did this thing. It gives me so much energy. Just one it. little thing, right? I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that where you, like what you just said is going to last me a good amount of time, a couple of weeks probably, where I'm going to well, be able to like get over those little, those yeah. lows. And when it wears out, hit me up and I'll, yeah. I'll say it again. <laughs> I'll use different words because I'll still mean it then too. Yeah. You know, um, so cool. and, and if one person, you know, me in this example is willing to say it, that means there's a whole bucket of people right. that are thinking it too and feeling that. Right. You know, so yeah, man. keep doing what you do, but let's, let's kind of, let's keep pushing into this, like yeah. talking on sensitivity. Let's move over into something that you like to speak on that I'd like to hear you speak on of energy management. And what is that? What does that mean? I mean, I think everybody could probably fill in the blank. Right. Sure. But what's that mean for you? And why does, why is that worth bringing up and highlighting and speaking on? Yeah. Well, I'll start with, we are not machines, but we seem to put pressure on ourselves and our businesses to operate as if we are machines. And it's taken me so embarrassing, embarrassingly long to figure that out. And so energy management is one of the most important things to me because I'm different than you who's different than the next person and our energies are very different. So I am way more on the introverted side when it comes to like, like I'll do, if I'm out doing stuff with people, socializing out and about, you know, I'll need a, a solid amount of time afterwards, just alone. You know, any relationship I've been in a huge theme for me has been like, I need some space Yeah, friend or, or, you know, intimate. And so with, when that translates to my business, like there's so many things I got to do. I got client work. I got to promote my own stuff to get more clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's, you know, navigating like the mental, the mindset stuff, like confidence and, um, creating offers and, uh, building relationships. Like it, it's endless. My to-do yeah. list is just, it's endless. So it's Especially when you're trying to like beat the status quo and not be right. the bro thing that we talked about. You know, there's even yeah. more pressure on those tasks because there's no there's no rule book for it necessarily. Right. right. Yeah. There's no um and that's something that's it, that's good and bad I've seen is I've always wanted to like go the my own route. And I've realized more recently that that's really silly because like I'll never not have a coach again. That's something Bill and I have talked about. He's a mindset coach. He coaches me. We like, we coach each other in a way. Um, but I will never not have a coach because support is, is so invaluable and same with like a community. Um, but that being said, getting back to my point, energy management is if I'm going to go do all those things, then I'm only have so much energy every day for that. And I'm also like a very, you know, I've learned that I'm very, um, I'm not like the most consistent person. I don't have a whole lot of like discipline. You know, I used to, I'm an extremist. So like I used to stay up really late all the time. And then 
I just kept going into like a deficit with energy because I'd be more and more tired, but I'd like have all this creative energy late at night or something like very unhealthy. Yeah. So I've had to learn how to structure my day where it's like, it's structured and it's masculine, which is, I just talked to someone about this, like masculine feminine energy is separate from gender. It's not the same at all. It's yin and yang. Yeah. It's the same. So it's a cool thing to talk about. Right. So yang, it's not talked about enough. I don't think in, in business and yang is, the masculine structure. It's like, um, you know, it's forward moving. You have to have that. And it's the container. And then yin is like the feminine and it's typically more spontaneous and creative. I have a lot of yin. So mm-hmm. if I don't have any structure, I'll waste my day away playing the guitar, playing the piano, like drawing stuff, um, tinkering on my website, making content that doesn't really, you know, it's just, there's no structure to it. And next thing I know, the day is wasted in a a way. Mm -hmm. And then same with the other way, if I'm all masculine, if I'm all yang, then I'm in my head. It's typically not an enjoyable experience for me because I'm so in my head, I'm overthinking, I'm over planning. And I used to be that. I used to be more yang. Um, And honestly, to circle it all back a little bit, most of that energy, because that's not truly me, most of that energy came from listening to others, listening to podcasts that were very fast paced. They were, you know, I would listen to podcasts and I'd feel like anxious afterwards because I'm not doing these five things that they say you have to be doing. In yeah, your no kidding. Yeah, me too, man. So much. So, so energy management is just everyone's different. So you have to get to know yourself. You can see clear patterns in the way you run your day. Like mm-hmm. if I could give a few tools that have, they're ridiculously simple, but I didn't do them for a while is track your day. Just like, I try to do it every now and then. So maybe pick like a week or at least like two or three days and track every hour. And it sounds like a lot of work, but it's not because it takes half a second to write down what you did that hour. Yeah. And then you can look back at your day and see where all your time went. Absolutely. And this, typically a, a weird correlation between your productivity of that day. Cause you're actually like intentionally tracking it. Those are usually the most productive. And Very then true. aside from that, for me, it's been a calendar. I live by my calendar and you know, like someone will say something like, Hey, we should go do this. I'm like, put it on the calendar. Yeah. I'm down to do it. You know, I have a lot of freedom, which is like what um, part of why I, what I've created in my business is like freedom and flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, let's go do it. Let's go on the hike. Let's go travel, whatever. But if it's not on the calendar, it's, it's, I'm never gonna just randomly, Hey, yeah. let's, you know, let's go do it. So calendars, yeah, everything. You've got other things that you're trying to accomplish and it requires a level of um, calculation and precision and professionalism. Um, yeah. And so then Energy management is interesting because we hear about time management a lot and you're touching into that for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there's quite a bit of parallel. What would you say for just kind of clarifying for the listeners, the difference between what you mean when you talk energy management versus time management and can you be doing great at one and sucking at the other and not realize it? Like what kind Ooh, of compare yeah. and contrast those a little bit for us? The first kind of like visual that came to my mind uh, example of this is like, if I have an hour to work on a task and my energy is shit, 
I'm not going to like, I'm not going to finish it. But if I, if I'm on point and my energy's there and I've, and I've like structured it in a way where I have no distractions, no holes in my energy container, then I'll knock it out in like 10 minutes and have so much time for something else. Yeah. So, so that's the difference. It's like the, the potency of that um, task or, or container that you're working within. Yeah. That I think that to me is the difference because if I can, like, honestly, I've gotten to the point where if I can do, this might sound ridiculous to some, but like, if I can do two to four hours a day of good, of deep work, then I don't, I'm good. Like if I did that, if I did two to four hours a day, call it three hours a day of the deepest work. Cause I go really deep and it's often very creative work. Mm-hmm. Three hours a day, I'll get, I'll finish more, get more done and, and make more moves doing that than anything else. Like if I try to do five hours every day right. or, or like do a whole day where I go really deep, like it's something about that amount of time for me that works so well. And I can accomplish more in that amount of time than I can in like a full day where I'm not in the right state. Yeah, absolutely. I was just watching. I like many people at this point, um, I just, out of all of the different streaming platforms and I'm talking like videos and stuff, like I prefer YouTube over Netflix and Hulu combined. Like I'm a YouTube junkie. Nice. But you know, for some reason, I still deal with the commercials. I won't pay for the yeah. you know, ad-free experience. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I bit that bullet finally. It's so worth it, man. It's My so brother's like, it. "You, what? Are, what are you doing? Why? <laughs> just, I'll buy it for you." Yeah. I'm like, "Okay, kid. Well, then do it." Um, no, but I was watching this video last night as I was starting to kind of drift off into half awake, half asleep space, and I'm on my iPad watching this. Australian, I think, entrepreneur, and I can't remember his name and I can't remember what business he's part of, but they were, he's like hyper successful as far as the amount of sales that they have, the money that's coming into his life and into his businesses. And he's, he's jumping off of cliffs, he's skydiving, he's, you know, snowboarding, he's doing all this crazy stuff. And for, you know, people like me, a lot of us were like, how do you do this? Like, you can't have both or so it seems and it kind of came into his his way the way that he manages not only his time and his calendar but his energy as well mm-hmm. and so what he does is he just he goes in and he'll work really hard even for 30 minutes mm-hmm. you know that deep work thing and then he's going to go play super smash bros with some of his some coworkers for a half hour right. and he allows his whole office and i think actually they're a marketing agency um cool. He allows everybody in that in that working space to take these massive breaks to just to recharge and refuel however that is for them, whether it's spending time with other people and playing some N64 or ping pong or going on a walk, going to the gym, throwing your headphones in, whatever it is. He encourages that. And he's like, that is why I have what I have. Because when it's time to work, I'm charged up and ready for it. And I have a reward right on the other side of it. So then, you know, for people, once again, people like me, I think we're all kind of similar in this way. When you have a really good session of like the flow state is the other way I've heard it, like deep work flow state, you're just kind of zen, time goes away. There's a lot of fulfillment that comes from that task and being on the other side of it and be like, look what I created, look what, where I was and where I am now, 
whether it's 20 minutes of work or three hours. But typically you can't do, people can't do a whole lot more than that amount of time of hyper productivity. Not only do you get the reward emotionally and mentally from the deep work that you did and the accomplishment there, but also knowing like, shoot, I'm going to go like, I'm going to go swim across the lake now because I can or, you know, whatever, which I'm looking at a pond right now in my backyard and it's infested with alligators. So I don't think that's, if anybody is in Florida listening to this, yeah, maybe don't do that here. Uh, Maybe go over to, you're in Cali, right? Yeah. Yeah. How are you liking it? It's awesome, man. It's, I kind of got stuck here in a good way, like intentionally. Uh, It's beautiful. I'm from Austin, Texas. So the heat, humid, and then went to Colorado, super dry, love the mountains, consider myself like a mountain man over the beach. Um, (laughs) Came here just to try it out for like a month with a friend. And then I'm still here. And that was like five, six months ago now. So, so you're a beach dude. I guess so, man. You could be both. You you don't have to be one or the other. I mean, I get it. I, I so get it when I'm walking on the beach and the waves and the energy, I get it. Before I thought of the beach is like, I, I just get sand everywhere and I'm sunburned. But when you feel like the pat for me, it's like the power of the ocean and like getting in every now and then. And yeah, man, it's awesome. And then there's also mountains, um, within two hours from here. Well, there you uh, go. Big bear and, uh, mammoth. So I, I'm a big snowboarder, so I still have access to that as well, which is nice. That's sweet. So the board over the skis, huh? Yeah, I'm not, I'm really like cool. So. I'm snowboarder. <laughs> you gotta be a boarder then. I actually did both. I grew up in Ohio and we had, um, I was homeschooled actually my, for middle school. So seventh and eighth grade, I was homeschooled Ooh. for a little bit. And so the way to get the PE credits, um, the physical, like the gym class credits so that I could move on with life, I guess, um, <laughs> was I went with this homeschooling group to this mountain that was just over the state line from Ohio into Indiana. Um, I'm trying to, I think it was called Perfect North. And right. so for a certain season, when it was relatively cold enough, they would pump a bunch of fake snow onto these, what they called mountains. I mean, nice. they're Hills. dwarfed by, yeah. <laughs> but they're still pretty big. I mean, you yeah. can still do some pretty legit stuff. And so I got really good at skiing because we would go every Wednesday all winter from before the sun came up till after it went down. And so, yeah, Damn. skiing, boarding. I'm a Florida dude, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And I yeah. love it. I love yeah, it. man. It, so. it, there's there's a few things that I love about being a human, and that's one of them is being up in the mountains, in the snow, surfing on the snow with like a little board strapped to you. It's just ridiculous, and you're yeah, flying, and you're going through the trees, and like you're with you know hopefully your friends or family like having a good time, and then enjoying like a nice IPA in in the middle of it. That's just yeah, like man. my that's my heaven. There you go. You don't just put a camel back on and have the straw come over. I've done that. I've definitely done that. I'll admit Good it. for you. Good. <laughs> I was too young when I was in middle school to be doing that. But if I were in your position now, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah. Too. So, you know, kindred spirits there. And it's, it's funny too. Like you said, like it's one thing that you love about being human. I want to hear what else makes you tick and mm. what is the human experience for you? What's the fullness and richness of it? Um, but isn't it yeah. funny how something as simple as, like you said, a board strapped to your feet, surfing on the snow, the, it seems like the more simple mm-hmm. the, ex, the, the thing is that you're doing, the richer it right. can be. Isn't Absolutely. That yeah, that's 100% it. It's a simple, the, uh, at risk of sounding like a complete cliche, um, the 
most beautiful things in life are the simplest. Yeah. Like yeah. the ocean, like it's been there for how long? And it's right there every single day. And I get to watch a sunset mm-hmm. every single day. It's so simple. There's nothing to it. But it's I like, know. God, it gives me the chills every every day. It gives me the chills. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and really quick, just to kind of take that and then marry it back over to business and stuff. And we're talking on marketing and trying to do it the right way. It's the simple intention right. of what you're doing. Once again, and and I I get really like stuck on a theme for a while and it's everything that I absorb and everything that I'm pushing back out. So like we were just on the other, on your podcast and I was kind of going off on the same thing, but it's like, what is the fundamentals? What's the simplified version? Distill it down more. When things seem wild and crazy and complex and fast pace and you've got no an- no energy and you don't even know how to apply the word management into your life because you're just so overextended. It's like, go find a board and find some snow or like go stick your toes in some sand. Yeah. Go, um, for me, it's go to like a live show, like go watch some music. Ah, like a small, like an intimate venue, you know, kind of divey. Yeah. Listening to some shaky graves. Oh man. You know, my, you know, my sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to it this morning. I hadn't listened to, listened to shaky in a while. I yeah. found him. I found him from a, another buddy, a good music buddy that I have. Um, and he was building his own like suitcase kick yep. drum. Oh, your friend was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This I, old I, I vintage, like worn out blue looking hard shell suitcase, like God, luggage bag awesome. from like, the 60s or something. Yeah. And that's, he was carving it out and putting in a drum head and setting up the pedal. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, you ever heard of Shaky Graves? Yeah. Oh my like, God, I need to meet no, him. No, but tell me. <laughs> no, but tell me. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to go have a drink with him and some other people tonight. So I'm, I'll make sure to let him know he had his spotlight here. Right. There's another Shaky fan out there. Oh man, yeah, I mean, he I'm, introduced the biggest, me and so I'm the good. biggest Shaky fan. It's like, I, I turn into a little kid when we talk about him. I've I've seen him six times. Should have seen him way more, but the pandemic happened. And then yeah. I've like met him a couple of times, like hugged him. And wow. uh, which that I'll was never, a yeah. long hug too, right? Oh, well, really a little, like, just a little too long, <laughs> you know, whispered in his ear. No, yeah, um, you mean everything <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so cool. I've actually like walked up to the line of buying a suitcase and making a jump, but I haven't done it yet. So maybe I'll do connect it, with yeah. him and I'll, I'll uh, pick his brain on how he did it. Cause yeah, that would just add a whole another dimension to my playing around. Cause you are a musician. We have kind of touched on this just yeah. really quickly, but you play, what instruments do you play? What do you stick to? What do you like? Tell us all about yeah. it. Yeah, man. I started off with drums when I was really young. That was my first instrument. I love the drums. Um, but then, you know, you can't really like take drums places. And I never, I, to this day, have never been very serious about it. It's a hobby for me. Like, like you've sought it out way more professionally um, and actually played on stage and stuff. Bill is, is a full, t- like full blown. Yeah. Um, I'm nowhere close to that. So, but I, play every single day. I play the guitar, which I learned about, I want to say six years ago now, maybe no seven, eight. I don't even know, man. Time's weird. Let's see. 
I know. I at least seven. Remember that stuff. And uh, I just kind of like taught myself and was mostly inspired by shaky. I learned the picking pattern and then made, kind of made it my own. So I love finger picking. It's my favorite thing. Um, and now I'm writing songs. I have like maybe like 20 songs that I've started, but only a handful that I feel good about that are finished. And so like this year I'm, I'm creating a box around like finish an album, like finish like 10 songs. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how bad they are. Like just get them done. Yeah. Because it's just such you were talking earlier about like the fulfillment that comes from um, like the work that you do when you put in that intentional energy and time. And for me, writing a song is that like the messy middle it starts off. It's really fun. Cause you're like, Oh, this is a cool idea. And then usually like the first, the first like quarter of the song comes to me really quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. And then that's when it's like time for me to either go all in or not. And most of the time I go, I forget about it for a while. Right. And it never gets finished. So I have all these unfinished songs, but if I can just push through that phase where you have to actually dig deep and play with it and it's ugly and it's frustrating and it sucks. Yeah. Bill, we were talking about that with Bill. If you can get to the other side, it's the best feeling ever. So that's what I'm trying to do. So is this something that once you get these songs, are you going to push it out to the world? Are you going to, am I going to be able to find you on uh, related artists and Spotify under right. shaky <laughs> <laughs> dream come true. I yeah. have no intentions. Uh, I would say I'm leaving that completely open-ended. Um, my thing is, thanks. Yeah. My thing is just, I I don't love my voice when I'm singing. I feel like it's not quite there yet. I'm pretty confident with the guitar, but the singing is like, I don't love my voice. I've only heard good feedback, but I don't trust anyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I hear myself and it sounds like crap. So I'm like, there's no way everyone is, is telling the truth, you know? Right. Um, but that's kind of that like imposter syndrome, creative, uh, disease that we have as creators is like never yeah. liking our stuff sometimes. Oh man. Hard. Yeah. So true. <laughs> one, one way you could do it. This is in my experience, this will get you over that hurdle really quick. <clears throat> I mean, it's a bit of the deep end, Yeah. but go sign up or see if you can't weasel your way into playing like a happy hour at a, at a bar yeah. on a mic and you're going to be there and you're going to have to play for somewhere between three and four hours. Ooh, dude. That'll do it. That will do it. So nerve wracking. Tell me about this. You've done this clearly. Oh yeah. Um, I've, I've done it well and I've done it very not well also. (laughs) Um, and actually what I did is I was like, man, my voice is getting so tired and I'm starting to sound like just like more like raspy as it's going on, which for some of the music I was doing, like it totally didn't fit. Got it. But, and I was like, well, I've got, you know, music friends around me now. I'm very, very fortunate to have a awesome circle, a close circle of extremely talented musicians. <clears throat> and uh, so one of my buddies, I was like, hey, split the gig with me. Let's let's do that. And of course, he's also like a good like drinking buddy for me, you know? And so of course they're there and they're like, yeah, you know, you're, you're getting paid to be here. We'll give you free drinks. And it's like, oh shoot, we went through some pictures. Like, I wonder what we were sounding like out there, but man, does your, your nerves go away. Really? So, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying go and get sloshed and go sure, perform sure, sure. that you're, not, <laughs> um, but you know, that, I mean, it's, it's kind of sometimes 
for the things that you really want. And maybe you don't want or don't care to necessarily try to become a performer, a live right. performer. But if you do, sometimes jumping into the deep end is kind of the way to do it. Yep. Or if you have a friend doing it, say, hey, can I s- slide up there for a song or two? It's like low pressure. What I always told myself was I'm at this like bar and grill type of place or just a straight up pub. I'm just background. Nobody's really right. paying much attention. you know. And the less attention they're paying, the better I'm doing. Because not, I'm not supposed to be, you know, ha- I'm not supposed to have all the eyes on me. And so that was something that like a mental encouragement to myself that helped me, you know, get out of that. But yeah, at this point, um, and the nerves are still there. Um, of course. You know, and I think that applies into any area of life where you care about the result of something. Well said, yeah. Be- because it also goes into your, it's really just comes down to this three letter word of ego. Not that you're egotistical, that because I think a lot of people all automatically jump that far, and that's what they think I, that people mean by that. Right. But a lot of times, really, what you're saying is just how you think people are perceiving you and what that does to you, whether it's good or bad, and you know how you move forward through that. Ego is attached into everything in some capacity, and ego is not a bad thing. No. It's not, but it's, you have to define things. You have to understand what something actually is before you start having an opinion on it or, um, you know, whatever those next steps are for you. You need to really like kind of, yeah, like don't just go necessarily with the crowd on. It's kind of like a, a really good example that I've seen. Um, and like I've mentioned before, like grew up in church and, You know, so, you know, with this Christian background um, that I still obviously identify with, um, the word meditation, oh, now you're dancing with the devil, baby. Don't do that. (laughs) You know, and it's like, no, come on. Like, let's hold on a second. Let's like better look at what this word means. Right. So like before you go and say meditation is of the devil or any of this kind of stuff, like, look at what it actually means and what your intention is behind it. And just like with your ego, let's, let's zoom out, let's dive within. And if we can work on some of these roots, some of the roots of the tree of your existence of you, now you can actually reckon kind of reckon with the ego that you have, the things that you like, the things that you don't like, and it helps quiet the imposter syndrome and some of those other things that we have. That's what I feel like I've yep. recognized. Yeah, man. Damn. That's really that's a really cool example. And the ego is such an interesting topic because I've I've like tried to figure what try to figure out what that means for me too. And I and I've really come to the conclusion that like the ego is there for a reason. We'll start mm-hmm. there. And then for me, it's like it's there to help you grow. Because if you didn't have an ego then what would happen? Like you would be just, exactly. you wouldn't give a shit about anything. You would just be floating around completely ungrounded and there would be no kind of compass. And I think that the ego is there to like, keep you grounded to remind you that you're in this real world. Like you're an animal at the end of the day, we're all animals. And for you to kind of think that you're above that is maybe one mistake. Um, like I, I, I always like to think we're getting to the spiritual realm a little bit, but like, 
the yeah. um, paradox of being a human is like, we, we don't matter at all. Like we are so tiny and insignificant and, and we're just popped here and nothing really matters. Equally, we are everything. We are right. like, we are God, God is us. Like we are part of the universe and, and everything, the, regardless of what you believe, like there's so many different um, versions of the same truths and uh, the ego is, is there in the middle. Yeah. It's just sitting there. It's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you today because your internet's going to go down in the middle right. of a podcast episode <laughs> and you're going to have to figure it out without losing your shit. And uh, right. if I didn't have an ego, I'd just be like, Oh, Oh, well, or something right. like, I don't know what that, what I would do, but it'd be really weird. And I'm, it's kind of hard to think of because it's so prominent. Yeah. It's so much us. Yeah. You know, without that, we are not the humans that we understand. You know, it, it would just be a completely different existence. I actually know someone, a friend who had a complete ego death. You ever heard mm-hmm. of that? Like, tell me about that. I, all I know is just in certain spaces, it, it was at least, I feel like it's probably proven that it's not helpful at all, but some people want to experience an ego death. Like they don't have an ego anymore. And I'll just say that when they reached out after some time and they had done this, it was really scary. Yeah. And I didn't like it. And we, and some time had to go by before we were able to come back and they kind of, yeah. they were like, I'm sorry, that was crazy. I right. went through this thing and, and it was you just- Kind of push the extreme on it a little bit. Yeah. Because without ego is, I mean, the argument could be said that there's meaning starts to go away. Right. And without meaning, you become aimless. And aimless, aimlessness is death. Right, in its right. Own, in its own sense. That's so true. You know, because then you just become this empty vessel. But um, yeah, so, so bring <laughs> us around. Bring us around. I took us really far off and I loved everything you were saying. Bring it back into ego, into energy management, yeah. some of the stuff we've talked on. How does that tie into like, what's some tips, tricks, advice that yeah. you would give to listeners? And, and, you know, I'm still learning the audience as we're doing right. this. So I think it's anybody with an entrepreneurial spirit or they've identified that within themselves. Yeah. And, and a lot of them are kind of in the newer phase of that, whether they're punching the clock, but they have this other idea, this mm-hmm. dream that they want to reach out and try, but they're scared awesome. of that. Or they're already in the dirt and it's just real messy. Um, right. Kind of s- s- bring it through from spiritual into the, the tangible yeah. and yes. into business and entrepreneurs. Yeah, ground it down a little bit into reality in the day-to-day. I think that entrepreneurship or whatever you want to call it, like at the end of the day, you're just, you're trying to, um, you're working towards building a sustainable business, right? Uh, whether you're a coach or you have a physical product or a service or a productized service, you are, tr- you are connecting, you're building a bridge between the people that you serve or the people that you want to serve, depending on where you are and the product or service that best serves them. That's it. And, and, and I always like to say, uh, marketing is dead. <laughs> and that's, and I did a series called marketing is dead. Do this instead. And that's a play. It's not, Ooh, it's not necessarily <laughs> that was smooth. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> um, and, and it was about like, how it, Elon Musk is a great example again, because he, he's not a marketer, 
yet he's the best marketer in the world. It's a weird paradox. Mm-hmm. He's not, he doesn't call himself a marketer. He doesn't do marketing strategies per se. Instead, he just is obsessed with his product and talks about it with people. And he's really interesting and, and uh, a polarizing figure. So for me, the takeaway is when you're building your business, first off, create an awesome product. So tinker with it for a while before you start to put it out there, get people to get results, have people go through whatever the product is, get results because that's going to speak volumes in a marketing way. It's just look at it, look at what it's done. Look at, look at the results that people are getting from this thing. And then also a lot of people that I talk to are like more on the personal brand. Like it's just them. Um, you know, like with you, Evan, people probably hire your, like they don't hire your agency. They hire you, right? Like they, they're building Very a relationship true. with you mostly. And you right. can obviously like scale and grow beyond that in a way. But at the end of the day, like it's going to start with you. And I am a big believer in like doubling down on the Eunice, like what makes you unique and, you know, I always bring up Liz Wilcox because she's the perfect example for this. We talked about this. I definitely recommend yeah. anyone follow her. She's like 90s pop culture, loves sync. love yeah. she calls herself the the fresh princess of email. I, I just saw that actually. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> so awesome. And so she stands out like her website, everything she does stands out. It's like bright yellow 90s retro vibe. And it's really fun. And so she doubled down on her and her story is really unique too. I think if you can, as a personal brand of any kind, or just kind of like the head of your business, stand out in the way that's authentic. So for Elon, it's smoking weed and on, on Joe Rogan <laughs> and shooting a flamethrower like and tweeting ridiculous things and having your stock uh, plummet or whatever, because he like went too far and said, you know, broke the law. It's like that stuff in hindsight or in the grand scheme doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? He took a weird risk and he doesn't really care. Um, so hopefully that, that point was made. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I mean, using Elon as the example, it's like he is clearly doubled down on himself. Right. And he's invested in himself. And that's, I think, something that people are scared to do. Something yeah. else you brought up as far as investing in yourself, a tactical way of doing that, which I have not experienced yet. So I've like, it's kind of on my 2022 goals list is some sort of business coach or mentality coach. And, and yeah. the podcast is an example of me trying to like reach out and saying like, I want to connect with people. I want them to connect back. I want to learn from you. If there's something I can share that's valuable, freaking sweet. And mm-hmm. then in the pro- process of us recording and publishing, you know, the growth of our relationship and the things that we have in common and the things we like to talk about, it's helping a bunch of people. And it, it kind of has that butterfly effect. Um, yeah. And so, you know, man, we talked about a handful of stuff here and I have a bunch more that I want to. So I'm going to bring you back. I'll be I'm awesome. going to bring you back on this pod at some point. And uh, we're going we're gonna to make some more stuff happen. But before we wrap this thing up, put a bow on this thing, um, I've got some questions to throw at you. Cool. Some fun, some fun cues. 
Um, and I tried to shoot over a couple of them to you yesterday. So you had a chance to kind of think on it a little bit. So I didn't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you did your homework, <laughs> which or is going to be even more fun. So <laughs> some of them are easy to answer. Some of them are going to take you a second, but cool. knowing you at this point, you got it. Cool. Question number one, what's something that most people don't know about you? So I would say I'm six, five. You can't really tell that through video and pictures. That's crazy that you said that because I've seen some of your profile pictures, some of your, like your headshots and stuff, or you look tall, six, five, really? Yeah, I'm tall. Uh, dang, man. I'm, I know. I'm five, 10 on a good nice. day. Nice. Yeah. I think my driver's license says five, nine, or maybe when I moved to Florida, I told them I was five, 10 and like did the tippy toe thing right? just to get that well, extra inch. I got this, uh, what's it called? Inverter table for yeah. like, cause I, I used to have one and it's, it's so good for your spine. Cause like gravity, yeah. you know, freaking gravity. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Freaking gravity. So I laid down every day on that thing and, and hang upside down for as long as my brain can handle it. Um, so I, I recommend so that trick. and yoga. It's, you know, I, I was tall to begin with, but that is nice for my spine to elongate. Yeah, for sure. No, it's like, tr truthfully, it is very healthy. The decompression right. of the spine is exactly. really important. Yeah. But um, yeah, so apparently you heard it here at first, folks. And Miles <laughs> yeah. says, if you want to be 6'5", here's a place to start. Get an inversion table. <laughs> All right, next question. In another life or later in life, what is your dream career if you couldn't have what you have right now? Oh, God, that's awesome. I have a few. Um. Can I give more than one? Top two. Top two. I okay. Cool. Yeah, I, love, yeah, I, yeah, I love the structure. <laughs> um, I would say an architect. Ooh. Because, yeah, because I'm a very visual. I like building things visually. Um, I like almost went, I thought about going down that route because I've always been good at like drawing and, and visual stuff, which mm -hmm. ultimately is what I really do now in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I just went down the marketing path. And it's funny how I got into marketing too. In school, I was like, well, I want, I don't know what the hell I want to do because right. who, I don't, I don't know about anyone else, but I had no clue. Like who, who has a clue what they want to do in their college? It's, it's rare. It's silly. It's, it's rare. But, yeah. but I, I chose marketing because I was like, well, business is broad. Like everything is a business. So I guess I'll do business and I don't want to do management or accounting or finance. So I guess I'll do marketing. And then sure enough, it's like what I got into after school yeah. too. So well, and now now you're a self-proclaimed architect. Exactly. Is that correct? Did I pronounce <laughs> yeah, that correctly? Yeah, marketing architect. I, That's so cool. Yeah, it's fun, man. Because like, I actually am a um, like I did like uh, my title was like media architect for a company. So it's kind of like a combination of that. I really like the idea, like whenever I work with clients to build out their ecosystem or funnels, mm -hmm. very visual with it. So it, it feels like I'm architecting that with them. It's really yeah. fun. Yeah, that's so cool. Love it. Architect, man. Okay, how about this? Goldfish or Cheez-Its? Ooh, um, sorry for the trash truck. It's raw. No, you're fine. I'm still working on getting my own studio. Um, goldfish. Goldfish? Oh, here's a hey, fun fact too. My man. A yeah. lot of people say Cheez-Its. I mean, I like them both, but. Right. So fun, the other fun fact, oh my God, so many fun facts are coming to me now. I'll just um, rip them off. Let's go. So the first one is that I don't like cheese. 
Mm. I just was born not liking cheese. Like there's no reason. I think maybe as a baby, I was like lactose intolerant or something. And then I grew out of that. <laughs> so people are like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's definitely something most people probably don't know. Yeah. Especially if you're walking around eating goldfish, then they're going right. to think that you like. So do you like goldfish or do See, you just not like it, but it's better than the other? I'd say I like both. Like I don't like cheese, but cheese, it's don't really taste that much like cheese. You know what I it's mean? It's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I like both, but I don't eat them. Like I don't remember the last time I had a cheese hit or a goldfish, to be honest. But you got there kids, you go. maybe, you know, there's more. Dude, we've pretty more. much always got both. Yeah. And it's it's a problem for dad bod over here. Um, <laughs> favorite emoji? Oh, oh, oh. Um, don't pick a boring one. No, or no, no, don't no, pick no. one anybody would pick. Okay. So it's a 1000%. I realize I use this all the time. It's the, it's the, what's this called? A, um, uh, the, yeah, cartwheel. Cartwheel. <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. mid cartwheel one. Yeah, that's you awesome. Know, yeah, that's like, I, you can use that anywhere. It's like, hey, see you later, cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And it's so funny because I don't think I've ever used it. Damn, man. But as one. you're saying it, it's kind of opening up my eyes. Yeah. You know, see, so if for nothing else, you're helping me expand my emoji vocabulary. Which is important you know? and useful in so, life. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, what makes you smile? Live music. Live music. Beautiful. Uh, what, what are you most well. scared of? Oh God, damn! Uh, oh, this is—I have one. Yeah, I'm okay. most scared of not death. I'm actually not that scared of death. Well, I don't want to die, but I'm not scared of it really. Um, I most fear—I'll get deep for a second. Uh, I had brain fog for six years, like severe, severe brain fog, which is actually like I have a brand that I started. It's a whole other conversation, but it's called Brain Thrive, where I help. My goal is to help transform 500 brains from foggy to fit because I had it, I couldn't Ooh. function and uh, I had to like dive deep into my own brain and health and everything to figure out how to lift my fog. So, and, and really brain fog is almost like a precursor to, it's like the beginning stages of a neurodegenerative disease, like dementia. And so my biggest fear, cause I've experienced it uh, a little bit through brain fog and then also other people in my life um, not having a functional brain. So, you know, getting old and lose in a sense, like losing my sense of reality or losing my mind or being trapped in like dementia, like that is such a common problem in our world. So I'm really passionate about helping to solve it. But then with myself, my biggest fear is like, you know, when I, when I can't think of words or I lose my train of thought, I get really scared because I need to like do some more mental fitness so that that doesn't happen. Well, and that's incredible too, that you were like, I mean, that success story of what you were dealing with, with that mental fog and then saying, I'm going to provide a solution. I'm going to work on providing a solution for this thing. I am going to fix the thing that I'm most scared of. And it was, yeah. It, you know, because if there's one of them, you in this example, you know, there's a ton of them. There's a lot of people. And like you said, it it can happen and it does happen and it's very prevalent. So kudos to you, man, for putting, you know, taking pain and creating a solution for people, taking what is fearful for you and facing it head on. I mean, that's kind of what this podcast is about among many other things, but that is one of the pillars that I try to represent as a, as an individual and with this podcast. So 
last question, what do you want to leave people with? What, what do you want the takeaway to be if there's anything? Um, and then kind of just marry that straight into where people can connect with you, what you can offer um, to them and uh, build relationship moving forward. So I'm not going to try to be poetic as much as I want to be like, here's my one liner. I'm just going to say that take action. Like if you're, whenever I'm feeling stagnant or lost and I take action, whether that's literally going to the gym, calling a friend or getting some client work done or writing, like whatever, take some action instead of thinking because thinking is fucking powerful, but it will also destroy you. Mm. So know when to think and when not to think and keep moving forward. Dude, I love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah, man. I want to start clapping. I just don't want to blow out people's ears. And where can people find you and what do you have for the people out there? Yeah. Well, let's see. I guess the best place to go is my website. And then actually above that, my Instagram, because my biggest thing is I want to, I love relationships. Relationships have been the biggest mover in my life. They brought me the most joy, even though I'm an introvert, which is something I'm always like figuring out. Cause sometimes I don't want to talk to anyone, but I, yeah. I value relationships. So that's a fun thing. Um, I really love helping introverts specifically. So creators, coaches, entrepreneurs, people that are building and creating things, but are also introverted more on like the sensitive, quiet side, because I very much resonate with that. And I've done a lot of work to build my business and my life in a way that fits that and everything else I'm doing. So yeah. my website's myheartfunnel.com. Um, and then my Instagram is on there or milestones underscore CO. Hey, oh. And yeah, I would love if someone like shot me a DM or something to start a, start a conversation. Oh, that'd be sweet. That would be sweet. And I, I am just so excited. I know we're on the front side of this podcast. So this is an, a, this is an early episode of what we're building over time, but man, the value that you're bringing to this and you've been an inspiration for me and helped me kind of like work my way through some of the fogginess that I've had as I'm trying to expand and do, do business the way that I want to moving forward. Like you're a great example for people to um, go and check out your site and, and you're very visual. It's, you could tell on the site, it's just, it's, you've got awesome layout, obviously great taste in music, got the cool long hair, six foot five dudes to catch everybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time, spending the time and uh, I'm really looking forward already to scheduling something and, and continue to have these kinds of conversations, man. You're a great dude. Likewise, Evan. Thanks for having me and keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to coming on again down the road. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you for listening to Evan and Miles on this episode of Which Way Now. We covered a lot. Hope you found some value in it. And until next time, peace. Well, that does it for this episode. You can always reach out to me directly on my Instagram at evanshank75 with any thoughts or questions you may have. I'd love to connect and hear your story. Make sure you follow and subscribe and also leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to this on. My only question to you is, which way now? 